Well, we can start by painting the picture a little bit and telling listeners that we're sitting in the basement of the, uh, of, uh, the Pushkin House building. And uh, it's kind of appropriate. It's like an intellectual underworld out of which this, this subject bubbled up. You know, we're not completely transparent to ourselves in our interests. There was a time when I was between two drafts on this book. I sort of laid out the history uh, era by era, but I, I didn't quite have the narrative thread that I wanted. I was living in Leytonstone at the time, and I used to work on the book during the day, and then I would go for a long walk uh, around Epping Forest, uh, usually around 11 o'clock at night. Uh, not many people around, and I was kind of interrogating myself as to how this interest had developed, mm. how I'd got to this point, and all kinds of all kinds of things, so to speak, bubbled up. One is that uh, I grew up in North America uh, during the the Reagan era. I was born in 1980, so I was not really particularly conscious of what was going on in the, the, the last years of the Cold War. But it was certainly in the, in the atmosphere that people were talking about this standoff with communism and also the religious nature of the standoff with communism. Um, the most obvious examples, I think, came up in 1983, both with uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, Evil Empire speech, which contains a, pretty direct confrontation with Soviet atheism, and also Alexandra Solzhenitsyn's Men Have Forgotten God speech uh, in London at the, for the Templeton Prize. Uh, so I would have been two years old at the time, not exactly conscious of these things, but they were in the zeitgeist. The next thing that I kind of flagged up was, was my interest in George Orwell, and I think encountering the character of Moses the Raven. Moses represents the Russian Orthodox Church. He's a minor character in the book, but uh, Orwell does a, a very good job of paraphrasing the Marxist take on religion. When I did my kind of first extended trip in Russia in 2005, 2006, there were two things that I noticed in the art world. One was I visited the Ilya Glazunov Gallery in Moscow. He's kind of... Um, Kremlin favored Russian Orthodox artist who has his own, or had his own gallery in central Moscow near the, across the street from the Pushkin Museum. And he has these massive phantasmagorical canvases uh, giving his kind of Orthodox nationalist take on Russian history. And one of them is called The Market of Our Democracy. And it's this kind of nightmarish, kind of quasi-Dantean phantasmagoria of all, the, all of these, these horrific uh, figures and influences, corrupting influences from the West. One of the, one of the corrupting influences from the West is Marilyn Manson. Wow. He's portrayed in this Ilya Glazunov painting. So there was something in the kind of like... Uh, militantly atheistic or anti-clerical popular culture in North America uh, in the 1990s. I think his, his painting was done at the end of the 90s, uh, which 
which was really shocking to the Russian sensibility. Mm. Uh, there was also in the news at that time, um, I believe, charges that had been laid against uh, one of the curators at the Sakharov Gallery over an exhibition that they had put on um, containing some items of religious satire. And I sort of thought, well, all of that kind of makes sense because the Soviets did have this, ex this experience, uh, or Soviet citizens did have this experience of of state-backed militant atheism, which nobody seemed interested in, uh, and uh, I don't think I don't think I met any atheists in Russia at that time. Certainly, no one who who said that that they were an atheist. You know, look at this one. It shows uh, a dead Christ lying on the ground, and. Uh, Peasants and priests are literally peeling off pieces of his body and eating them. Now this is this is horror movie stuff. This is Marilyn Manson video stuff uh, to our eyes, and it's not typical of Soviet atheist propaganda. It's very extreme, even by the standards of Soviet atheist propaganda, which became fairly conservative uh, in some ways. Um, but this captures something of the, the spirit of early revolution. Exactly and, as you say, a hostility from early communion. And, and a, a willingness to, to go all out where blasphemy was concerned. You know, the things that you look at every day, they really affect you. Mm. And I spent a good deal of time with this imagery. There's nothing jumping out that that I necessarily want to occupy my space every day. Uh, although some of them are graphically very interesting, some of them are, are even quite witty. Well, there's one which is absolutely stunning. It's part of a, a sequence out of uh, the magazine Godless at the Machine, which is a kind of satire of the founding of Christianity in ancient Rus. You know, the story about how Prince Vladimir of Kiev kind of Christianizes Russia at sword point, mm -hmm. orders everyone into the river to be baptized, uh, Christianizes the nation uh, in one stroke to kind of solidify his relations with Constantinople. And it shows the, the baptism of Novgorod and it shows this kind of priest walking through this burning village surrounded by his, uh, his minions and his thugs who are stabbing people and whacking them with maces and even pulling someone's trousers off. I mean, this is really, really cutting at the, the very root of Christianity in Russia. And this kind of image would I think it would have been rejected by the atheist ideologues of the later Soviet period. Uh, it's, it's such an attempt to part with almost a thousand years of history. It's too much. It's too much. How did you collect this? How did you research this? This is an amazing piece of research. Yeah, well, they're kind of... Uh, two strands of imagery in the book. Um, so there are images from the early Soviet period, really the Stalinist period, mm 
and those came from Atheist magazines, Godless and Godless at the Machine, and there are a few posters from that period mm. as well. And that was stuff that I was aware of before the project began. Uh, Fuel had found, or had I believe bought online, uh, several collections of anti-religious posters from the uh, Khrushchev through Gorbachev eras, uh, which I had not been aware of. Just to clarify, Fuel is the publisher of the, of the book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the impetus to do the book was actually the later posters that they already had in their collection and that they wanted to do something with. And the initial concept of the book was to, to collect those images. But I saw so many precedents for those images in the Stalin era, or in the revolutionary era, that I suggested including a few of them. And during a trip to St. Petersburg, I went to the uh, State Museum of the History of Religion, which used to be a kind of official atheist museum during the Soviet period, uh, located in the Kazan Cathedral. It's since moved. And I just looked through all of this, all of this material, and I took snapshots of, of a lot of it. It takes me back a little bit to my thinking about Orwell, because there's a great passage in 1984 where Winston Smith is going through an old, air, an old Airstrip One uh, school textbook. And um, he can't separate what's true from what's false. It gives a, a narrative of English history and he can't tell what's correct because he's living in this, he's forced to live in this eternal present. Uh, if someone eight years down the road was to go through the, the, the video records of what's shown on Russia Today, for example, they would have a hard time telling what was true and what was not. Curious people are invited to come to this very basement, this very underworld, and spend their Saturday engaging with this dark and strange subject matter. Uh, it's going to be quite a special event. Um, I'll be introducing not only the imagery from the book, but images that didn't make it into the book, images from my own collection. And of course, Pushkin House draws a knowledgeable crowd, so I'm hoping we can start a, a productive and in-depth in conversation about this, this kind of almost like a lost topic of, of the 20th century. I believe that's a date for everyone's diary, which is the 5th of October. So make a note of that and, and come back with ideas and questions.